This week on Wrestling Hindsight, Roman ruins Shane's party, the wild card rule continues to get out of hand, and maybe the most important title in WWE changes hands. All that and more on Wrestling Hindsight. Wrestling Hindsight Podcast. Wrestling Hindsight Podcast. Wrestling Hindsight. Wrestling Hindsight Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 51 of Wrestling Hindsight. That's right, we're one away from our one-year anniversary. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host for the last 50 weeks, my dear old dad, Big Steven Jacks. Say hi, Dad. Hi, everybody. This is Big Steven Jacks up here in sunny Lake St. Louis, Missouri. We have a big show today because we've had a Really good Raw to look, to look at. Uh, pretty good SmackDown. We've got a pay-per-view coming up and other news, too. So without any further ado, take it away, Jason. And before we, we actually jump into any of our stories, I did mention that this is our episode 51. Uh, next week will be episode 52, which would be our one-year mark. I think this week is actually technically our one-year mark because we did skip a week along the way. But, you know, we'll just round it out to an even 52. And we, we might do something special next week uh, outside of review, stomping ground, and, and like maybe do a year-end review of our favorites, takeaways from the last year of the show. If you have anything that you would like us to mention or anything that you thought was good or you didn't want to hear over the last year, go ahead and tweet us at BigSteveInjax1 or WrestlingHS316. Yes, that, that'll be our one fan that tweets, right? Well, maybe. Uh, I don't think we've had any fans that tweeted, but I mean, we've had uh, Bray Wyatt like one of my tweets and Sam Roberts like three of our tweets, uh-huh. which I, I think I think that means that we're best friends. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and jump into today's sto- stories. And the first one is actually going to be a partnership outside of the ring between WWE and Netflix, where they're going to have a straight to Netflix movie called Main Event. It's going to star wrestlers like The Miz, Kofi Kingston, Sheamus, among others. Um, It's also going to star some actors, uh, most notably from the Black Panther movie. Uh, I I don't remember any of their names. It wasn't like it was uh, uh, the Black Panther or anybody or uh, or any of the Avengers or anything. Not that I could tell, but uh, it should be pretty interesting. Um, They don't usually... Uh, the WWE doesn't usually uh, venture into movies about wrestling like they're doing with this one. Uh, it's called Main Event. Apparently, it's supposed to be about a wrestling family, uh, maybe similar to Fighting With My Family, possibly. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm in the minority who liked uh, Ready to Rumble, but maybe it was just because I was a kid. So what are your thoughts, Dad? Well, Ready to Rumble, this has to be better than that. It wasn't a it wasn't a terrible movie, just the way WCW played on play, played onto it in their uh, regular storylines was uh, pretty pathetic. Okay. I hope Vince doesn't do that. Well, I'll give you uh, half of that. I don't necessarily think David Arquette should have won the title. I don't think I so. Do like the, I do like the idea of the triple decker cage being an actual match and it's a shame that didn't take off. Because, uh, I mean, that's in the same line as a Hell in the Cell or a, or Elimination Chamber. So yeah. Well, I was talking specifically about David Arquette uh, getting the title. You know, it was, it was pretty pathetic. Although Arquette is, does wrestle now. 
He does. He does. He's actually gotten uh, pretty beat up uh, on a couple things. He's been a regular guest, I think, on Sam Roberts' podcast. Uh, or some podcast I was listening to where he, he was uh, a guest at one point. Anyway, let's move on to some in-ring action. And last night on NXT, uh, William Regal announced that they're going to have a NXT breakout tournament. And this tournament is for newcomers to NXT who haven't really gotten any TV time yet to really show what they can do. I believe the winner of this tournament gets a title shot of their choosing. And um, some of the notable names in this one are... You may not know any of the names in this one, but you may know their former names. Like Trevor Lee is in this from NXT. ACH from NXT. Uh, DJZ from NXT. They're all under new monikers, and in case you didn't recognize them, you couldn't put the face with the name, something I thought was interesting that WWE did was they introduced the eight competitors with their new ring names and then underneath put formerly known as their old ring name, wherever it was, on the independents or on uh, TNA TNA or or whatever. I thought that was interesting. Do you have any opinions on that? Yeah, it sounds like it could be good. And that's how you do a tournament. You have something for them to uh, fight for at the end. I'm talking more about the names. Oh, yeah. The names, uh, you know, that's good because that the, na- the name part, that is good because you uh, you uh, you'll kn- you know who the f- who the who they are by their former names. But now you can uh, equate that to the new name and then you, you, you put that to the face and that's good. I wonder, I wonder whose call this was and what the thought process was, because it definitely um, uh, veers off course from how they usually do, where they pretend that that previous persona never existed. Uh, take Brian Danielson, Kevin Steen, and El Generico, where uh, they, they don't really acknowledge those names outside uh, inside WWE. This is uh, very true. So, you know... Uh, you know, so just like the wink and a nod there, I mean, that that's not something you usually do. It sounds like a Triple H call more than it would be a Vince call. And then so. uh, NXT always does tournaments really well. Uh, this is going to kick off next week. Uh, from what I've heard, they've already NXT's already taped through SummerSlam uh, up to their SummerSlam TakeOver show. So I'm guessing this tournament's already done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be real interesting. I'm, I think I might watch a little NXT to see what they're doing. Okay, uh, you know, I'll he tell can- you something. Go ahead. You know, that's how you do a tournament and stuff like that. You have to have uh, you have to have a, a prize at the end that's really worth going after. Uh, just a cup at the best that says best in the world that doesn't cut it. Okay, uh, having a, a battle royal, fifty man battle royal that's the winner just gets a, a pat on the back, that doesn't cut it. Okay, you have to have something that makes it worth fighting for, that makes the story. And before we move on, I'm going to disagree with you slightly. Uh, I don't have a problem with the best in the world, except for how it played out with the winner. I like the idea of having a tournament uh, all in one show and uh, with a prize that the person can brag about afterwards, because the King of the Ring was a great pay-per-view. Yeah, Yeah, but you know... And it's the same thing. uh, Kind of, sort of, but you know... 100% the same thing. Okay, but still, I would like to see a title King shot. King of the Rings not a real prize that you put up or anything. Mm-hmm. Hey, they get a throne. We get a cup in this one, and apparently you get part ownership in the company. <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, the minor leagues, I guess we'll call it, for WWE, uh, per Sam Roberts' suggestion last week on his podcast, I went ahead and watched 205 Live from last week. 
And I have to say, I thought that card was pretty good. Uh, Chad Gable and um, Gentleman Jack Gallagher had a great match uh, on it. Uh, the final match was a fatal four-way to determine the, the number one contender. Uh, ended in uh, both uh, superstars, or as an elimination, and ended with the last two superstars uh, pinning each other with both shoulders being down and two referees each claiming that uh, the other one won. It's going to end up in a triple threat match at Stomping Ground. And so I went ahead and watched it again this week. Hot garbage. I had to turn it off in the, the middle of the main event, partially because I was tired. Secondly, because Oni Lorcan and uh, Davari were in the main event. And uh, Oni Lorcan should never be in a main event because he uh, he, he's a, a good wrestler, but he has the personality of a wet blanket. Did you happen to catch any 205 Live? No, I didn't. You know, I also had to work the next day. So, you know. I, yeah, that comes on at like 9 o'clock. Yeah. It comes on about 9 o'clock on my time here, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, your, mom does, your mom does ask that I spend some time with her, too. Priorities, Dad. Anyway, <laughs> though. Anyway, the... the the one that Sam Roberts suggested we watch, maybe give NXT or uh, 205 Live a little bit of time. I thought it was a pretty good show. Second one lost me. So, you know, maybe I'll come back to it again and give it uh, another episode, but it, it's, it's really not worth it. I, I think it was hurt by the fact that Raw was so good this week, too, that uh, it didn't make me longing for good wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, the secret to a good show is a combination of great wrestling and, you know, that athletic competition feel and a little bit of storytelling in the background. Okay, uh, too, mu- too, many of these, uh, too many of the S9 comedy skits will spoil the show, especially if the only one who thinks they're funny is Vince. Well, this was 205 Live, so I'm pretty sure Vince doesn't watch it either. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead Might and move on to thing. some main roster news. Let's move on to some main roster news. And first, a little bit of uh, negative news here is Lars Sullivan has apparent knee injury. At first, they thought it was a minor injury, but it looks like it may be a little more serious than they uh, originally thought. And he wasn't on either show this week. And uh, I, I don't know if we're going to see him for a little bit. And it yeah. sucks because I thought they were really building something with him there. And maybe I was in the minority, but I liked his character. Yeah, I'd liked it too, and you know it's a it's a shame because I could I, I was looking forward to seeing him against uh, guys like Roman Reigns, uh, guys like uh, oh, Braun you know all the, uh, Braun Strowman would be a good one, uh, you know Bobby Lashley, you know uh, you know all all these muscle guys Rusev, you know these guys would you know these guys again Lars Sullivan I think they would match up when you get two big guys who can move a little bit in the ring you come up with a good match yeah and uh, I think Lars Sullivan is deceptively small for somebody built as a big guy I think he's only like 6'3 he's about 300 pounds but he's stocky and Mm -hmm. and 6'3 is big compared to us but when you put him in a class with um, Braun Strowman he's gonna look tiny compared to him well that's true that's true, but then when he picks him up on his shoulders and, uh, and and slams the hell out of him, you know, it makes people look. Well, Cesaro can do that. Oh, yeah. We'll get oh, to he's that another powerhouse. We'll get to that in a little bit. And he's, he's a tiny guy compared yeah. To, yeah. to other right. guys similar strength. Anyway, let's move on. They call, they call him the cyborg for a reason. Anyway, yeah, because he's uh, part metal. 
<laughs> anyway, let's move on to the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, I thought this was another good one. It kind of like recapped uh, all the other Firefly Funhouses, and this seemed like a finale for the vignettes for now, which is leading people like what culture, uh, uh, our friends at what culture with uh, Simon Miller and uh, Adam Wilborn and Andy Murray to speculate that uh, Bray Wyatt's probably making his debut this upcoming week or maybe even interrupting at the pay-per-view. Well, uh, what do you, you think, think of Firefly Funhouse? And what do you think? Do you think Bray Wyatt's going to make his debut? Is he going to be the fiend, or is he going to just be Bray Wyatt? That's a big question. I, I don't know, because part of part of what people are saying is, um, or at least some of the talking heads and speculation is, is that the fiend may be somebody he only pulls out, similar to the Finn Balor pulls out the demon when he gets pushed to a certain place. I don't know if that's going to be entirely true because they, they, you know, if you notice at the end of the funhouse there, he was, he was, he was the uh, fiend, not the, uh, not, not the uh, uh, Bray Wyatt, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and it but was. It was you're very, right. You're right, but at the same time, though, he, uh, he, he always insinuates that he has to go get the fiend. Uh huh. Like it's not something natural. It's something that he has to unlock. Yeah. Like uh, I think even. Uh, in this Firefly Funhouse, uh, or maybe last week, he says, do I have to go get the Fiend? That was last week. Yeah, but even still, though, it's like one of those things, like, it's not something that he just puts on a mask and that's him. It's something that he has to unlock. Like, have you ever saw the movie Split? Uh-huh. Uh, where the guy has, like, 23 personalities in his head. They all switch uh, interchangeably, but then they have to summon the Beast, which is the monster personality that that destroys people it's not one that just comes out on its own all the time mm-hmm. well you know that would be that'd be interesting to see it okay and you know yes i would agree that looked like the uh, finale of the vignettes which probably means it isn't uh because uh Vinny does like to play his hand now what i understand is that uh vinnie has been giving a lot of creative control over to uh, bray wide on that and that's one of the reasons why it's so good well one thing that I was worried about was that there's rumors uh, by what culture that Bray Wyatt was going to be in the arena this past Monday and they're going to do a live uh, Firefly Funhouse, which I'm glad they didn't because I didn't know how they'd pull it off live, but I was pretty sure they would ruin it if they did. And I think Vince McMahon didn't think Bray Wyatt was uh, a serious thing that he needed to pay attention to, so that's why they let him have creative control. I also think the same thing goes for the 24-7 title. Oh, yeah. He has anything to do with that. And, uh, you know, they just keep wowing us. This week was great. Uh, On Raw, you had uh, R-Truth and Carmella pretending to be Charlie Chaplin and somebody in a marching band in the crowd, and people come out and chase him. Um, The only thing I would have done different there is uh, have that segment a little later in the night and maybe start the show off with uh our truth getting out of the the travel box because uh that would have been funny <laughs> on social media between tuesday and monday they showed uh our truth getting out getting some snacks and getting back in because it's the best sleep he's had in weeks uh, <laughs> but you know if they show him like still stuck in there monday to pay off the tease they gave on tuesday that would have been great and then later you can still do the skit and then on tuesday um you had uh, him sneaking out from underneath the ring, getting uh, pulled into a tag team match with The Miz where he gets eliminated, chased around again. And then as he's leaving, uh, Drake Maverick, dressed up like Carmella, ends up uh, uh, pinning him. 
and uh, using the the vehicle as leverage there, putting his feet up on the vehicle for leverage was, was great. And then um, driving off with it. Driving off. Apparently, he made it to LAX. He's getting married this weekend. And mm-hmm. if there's not a video that shows him losing it at his wedding or, or you know, having to defend it at his wedding, WWE's missing the boat. Now, obviously, oh, yeah. obviously you don't mess with the main wedding. But after, you know, the wedding, you know, come back and then do an angle. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, maybe Vince good. pays for the wedding that way. Yeah, that would be funny. That would be really funny if they do it right. Now, my, my one criticism about the 24-7 title is that almost every time it changes hands, it's schoolboy roll-up. Yeah, that's the most with dangerous the, move in wrestling. With, with the exception of uh, R-Truth pinning Jinder Mahal on uh, on the plane. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, switch it up a little bit. Have that somebody get knocked out. Have, have somebody walk into somebody's finishing move. Somebody gets hit with a chair. And pin and like a regular pin or something. Mm-hmm. That would work. You know, but everything's a schoolboy roll up. Yeah. That. Well, because that that's in part because it's supposed to be a surprise thing. Okay. Uh, uh, the uh, title holder isn't doesn't realize that he's about to lose the title. The other guy uh, sneaks up on him, kind of, and just uh, rolls him up and pins him. Uh, if you remember, a lot of the that's what the uh, old hardcore title devolved, devolved into. Um, it did, but I don't remember quite as many schoolboys. Towards the end of its run, yes, there were everybody was doing schoolboys, including Briscoe and Patterson. I'm not saying you can't have roll-ups, but mix it up. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Well, let's go ahead, and before we get to um, Raw and, and SmackDown, we're going to talk about some ups and some downs. And first, let's talk about the down. And the down is this wild card rule is getting out of hand. Um, for the past couple weeks, uh, I've been keeping count. They've done a pretty good job of sticking to four uh, on Raw and four on uh-huh. SmackDown. And uh, this week they just went crazy, and it's almost forgivable because at least Raw was really good. But on Raw, you had Elias open the show, which we'll talk about. You had well, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> you had Daniel Bryan against uh, against um, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. That's two. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had a Kevin and Sami show. That's three. Then the New Day interrupts. If you count the New Day as one, because they're a team, that's four. And you're like, okay, that's probably it, right? No. Roman Reigns shows up to call out Shane McMahon. That's five. And then Bailey has a backstage segment. That's six. Mm-hmm. And then Roman Reigns and Bailey didn't have to be on this show. You could have done both their segments on Raw. Or on SmackDown, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. But on SmackDown, you had uh, Ziggler and Woods... Um, Owens and Zayn interfere. Zayn's a, a Raw wrestler, so that's one wild card. Uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, has a moment of bliss featuring Bailey, but she has Nikki Cross with her. So that's, that's three. That's three. Later, you have Rollins show up. That's four. Then you have um, McIntyre. That's five. That's five, and they're interrupted by the Miz. That's six. Yes. yes. Again. It, it's like quit insulting our intelligence with this. You, you know, 
even if you're willing to accept the wild card rule, let's say you thought it was a good idea and you're willing to accept it, now they're just like... Basically, they're slowly eliminating the brand split. If you're going to do that, eliminate the brand split. But the fact that they keep going back and forth with this is ridiculous because they're saying, okay, here are the rules. We're not following the rules. I'm pretty Uh, sure Kofi Kingston flat out said that on Raw. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think he said, I'm the champion. I can do what I want. Uh Uh-huh. And because they they have no authority figures outside of Shane McMahon, who's apparently not supposed to be an authority figure, even though he makes matches all the time, uh, no ways to hold this in check so these rules don't get followed. Yes. And don't forget, they all work for Shane. Yeah. And uh, it makes it also makes like we talked about last week. It makes Shane a major part of uh, the storyline, and I think that's a, you know, I like the Shane character, but he shouldn't be the dominant, the dominant feature in the show. I would agree with that. Well, let's go ahead and move on to uh, another story, which I think is, uh, in my opinion, is big news, and it's the return of tag team wrestling to WWE. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we've been criticizing WWE for a while on, uh, not just us, but I think other uh, pundits and podcasts have been talking about it as well. But uh, tag team wrestling with actual tag teams. Uh, on Raw, you had the return of the Viking Raiders uh, beat up a couple jobbers, which is the, the weird thing about that is last time we saw them, they were beating up the tag team champions while they're no longer the tag team champions. It's almost like somehow they had to start all over without losing a match. Yeah, really. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense, no. But on the uh, plus side, it gave a couple of local talents a chance to say they've been on Raw. Yeah. I, no, I don't have an issue with the match. It's just uh, the continuity is an issue. You also get the Good Brothers. They have a segment with AJ Styles where we find out that AJ's cleared for action. And then you also get the Good Brothers... Uh, he pretty much calls them out, saying they got complacent. They're not pulling their weight anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, they ended up having a match with Uso, which they kind of backed that up, where they kind of had him against the ropes. They got complacent, and they ended up losing because of it. Yeah. Now, an interesting thing, because if you notice, the Good Brothers are getting more airtime lately. And the rumor is that they, is that they might be uh, in the process or have already re-signed. You know, we'll see what happens there. Are you there? We've lost our host here. No, and... <laughs> that, that you can just keep talking, Dad, and, and then I'll, I'll come back in. Uh-huh. Away from the computer real quick. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah, I agree with you. And um, uh, I, I don't know, because they were one of those they were one of those teams that seemed like, uh, similar to the Revival, that no matter how much money they were offered – that they wanted to leave because of creative differences. And, yes, uh, but, you know. And so I, I don't know if it's close to signing a contract or not because the Revival are the tag team champions and then what would be considered a major storyline with Shane. And as far as I know, they're still walking. Well, that's another thing. Maybe they aren't because otherwise they'd, be getting, they'd still be getting dumped on. Well, you say that, but uh, John Moxley walked and... Uh, he got dumped. Uh, he didn't get dumped on, or he he didn't get dumped on at all. He got celebrated. Yeah, but John Mox, but but neither uh, neither the revival is a John Moxley or Dean Ambrose for that matter. They could have been. Uh, in my opinion, at least at one time they were the best tag team in WWE 
when they were down in NXT. Uh, I would also, also, you had some return of the tag teams on uh, SmackDown, too. The B team faced uh, Heavy Machinery, uh, which wasn't a bad match at all. Yeah. I even had a segment with uh, the tag team champions, the oh, Iconics, and uh, the Kabuki Warriors. Yes. And they're going to have a match uh, in Japan at some point. Right. Uh, I guess an upcoming show in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that'll be pretty good. You know, uh, you know, uh, I would be a bit surprised to see the iconic hold on to their title there because, you know, they might not be great wrestlers, but they are entertaining as hell. Yeah, and they're great WWE products. The issue I have with them is, um, I think they actually had a match on on Raw this week, right? Or was that last week where they faced a couple of jobbers? And that was won. last week. Yeah, but they, they had a match and they won. There needs to be more of them winning matches, even if it's by hook or crook. Well, once again, this past week, they did have the match against uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. And they ended up winning that match when uh, Bailey uh, beat, up, uh, beat up Alexa. Yeah, and there should be more of that, or more of them getting disqualified or, or something like that. But they were losing... Right after winning titles, clean, way yeah. down. Yeah. Mhm. And perhaps, perhaps they're gonna try and rectify that. Yeah, maybe. Um. Let's go ahead and move on to Monday Night Raw. Something I've been waiting to talk about, and it's something we were texting back and forth during the show, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Um. This is the best Raw since the the pay per view, uh, WrestleMania. I would agree to that. It may be the best Raw of the year. Yes. Maybe the best Raw in over a year. Yes, Yes. it was a much better Raw. And, you know, the SmackDown was good, too. Uh, We'll talk about SmackDown. We'll talk about SmackDown when we get to it. Let's focus on one show at a time here. Well, what happened? Well, I have have a difference of opinion uh, on on SmackDown than you. But let's stay with Raw. What, What do you think was the success in Raw and why? Well, I think there was much better storytelling. They gave they gave more people some airtime. Uh, there was more wrestling. Okay, uh, of course the uh, the twenty four seven title is always funny. The matches were interesting. They felt like they meant something, and uh, you know it was overall a better show. It had better pickup on it. Okay, uh, the wrestlers were actually looking like they were enjoying themselves a little bit, and you know I'd like to ask. What did they do? Did they kidnap Vinny? Because it, does, it, it doesn't have his footprint on it. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think it's um, it doesn't have his foot, footprint as a lately on it. Um, I think the story. I think the biggest change on this show compared to what we've been used to for the past couple months is storytelling. Yes. Um, you yeah. start off right away with Elias coming out, uh, singing a song. Uh, first wild card takes off his jacket to reveal a referee shirt. Says he's going to be a special guest referee for Baron Corbin. Seth Rollins hits him with a chair and says everybody else is going to get that. Anybody who wants to step up to the plate, it's going to get the same thing. And then throughout the night, there's different skits with him throughout the night. And sometimes it's only like a 30 second spot of him just right, hitting right. people with the chair who recently talked to Baron Corbin. Yeah, and well, that story. I like yeah, I liked what happened with uh, with uh, Elias after he got uh, laid out by uh, by, by uh, Reigns, okay? Because it was a six man tag team match coming up after that. 
Yeah, it goes straight into a match where you have uh, the number one co- for the number one contender for the U.S. title. It's playing okay. a foreign yeah, title. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a five-way elimination. Sorry. Five-way elimination. They actually had eliminations. It was a great wrestling match. Uh-huh. And everything made sense. You had your uh, your bad guys get eliminated uh, one and two, and Lashley and Cesaro, and they come back and. Uh, uh, help eliminate Strowman because they're bad guys and that's what they do. And then you have the Miz and Ricochet have a great end of the match and you know Ricochet wins clean after his finisher and he goes to face Samoa Joe who attacked tried to attack Ricochet after the match but you know builds to that match a bit. Uh, you also I mean you had uh, throughout the night you had uh, Kevin Owens uh, or not Kevin Owens uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, uh, the whole thing with the Kevin Owens show and Sami Zayn show have Corbin on there, and he's going to announce his replacement, and it's going to be Sami Zayn. Or not Sami Zayn, it's going to be EC3. And EC3 comes out in a referee shirt, and I think I texted you right before it happened, like, he's about to get... This is just so he gets hit with a chair. Yeah. And that's what happens, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure the smart marks like you and me are like, they're going to give EC3 a push here. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> And then you have the New Day come out, and they make an official match using EC3 as an official, and then uh, a little weekend at Bernie's where they pick him up like a puppet and fake his voice and everything. Mm-hmm. It was a very good comedy. Um, later, you have Seth Rollins beating the crap out of uh, Eric Young for just talking to Baron Corbin, even though he swears he's not going to be the referee, and they go way back right, and stuff right. like that. Uh, and then you have the main event uh, to, to close out the show where you have... Uh, Brian versus Rollins, and uh, Rowan actually causes the early DQ, and then a bunch of other people who are involved in storylines throughout the night get involved, and they all get banned from ringside, and then they restart the match, and they have a really good match. Yes. Meanwhile, you have a B storyline where you have Shane McMahon having a little uh, party for him and his friends with Drew McIntyre and the Revival uh, backstage, and at the beginning, they show the Revival... Earlier in the night, they show the revival walking back there, so you know what's going on. You're, you're following their tracks. You know how how you get back there, and then uh, you have uh, a couple things where Heath Slater comes in, who we haven't seen in a while, and he's asking for a raise. And uh, McIntyre looks like he's gonna give him some money and beats the crap out of him, and the money goes everywhere. And then the revival comes in and takes the money when they think nobody's looking. <laughs> oh, I thought and it was so, a riot. <laughs> so it's very entertaining. It's a little bit of of humor in it too. Uh, later in the night, you have Roman Reigns come out and call out Shane McMahon. And when Shane and, and uh, McIntyre appear on the Jumbotron, uh, he ends up going back through the crowd, and we know where he's going. Why do yeah. we know where he's going? Because that's where we saw the revival walking through. And yeah. then the commentators say, wait, is he going to Shane McMahon's office? This is the way we saw the revival walking. So if he didn't know, they're, they're letting you know that's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And then yes. that ends in a and a uh, uh, a great ending where uh, Shane ends up getting chased back to the ring by Roman and getting a couple spears. So that was a great B storyline. Meanwhile, you still have the A storyline where you have Paul Heyman coming out for a promo, and the first thing he wants to say is, "I'm not going to be the special guest referee because he doesn't want Seth Rollins to beat the crap out of him with a chair." And then in between this, you have like matches. And, and little segments that are real short, like AJ announcing that he's having a little segment to announce that he's uh, back and ready to come back. Uh, the Iconics uh, winning a tag team title, their tag team title match, the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, Six man tag between 
six man uh, elimination tag. Well, that was an no, that was a two out of three falls tag between the New Day, KO, Sami Zayn, and Baron Corbin, right. where the New Day wins on straight falls. The return of the Viking Raiders, which we mentioned already. Daniel Bryant comes out earlier in the night to cut a promo about why he's there in L.A. to face Seth Rollins, which is something great because at least it explains why he's coming over from SmackDown. Yeah, so that's a yep. big that's a big thing you need to do. You need to you need to give the bad guys their motivation too. Okay, why are you there? What are you going to do? Hey, you know, and th- this show, this Raw show, made me almost look forward to stomping ground this weekend when I, I really didn't care one way or another beforehand. But what they did with the U.S. title, with uh, the Rollins and Corbin storyline, um, you know, re- really built to that. Big E and Woods and uh, Zane and Owens, you know, Reigns and, and McIntyre, uh, even Bailey and Alexa, all these all these little things they, they only did on this one show made me more interested in Stomping Ground. A lot more interested in Stomping Ground than I was before. How about you? And it begs to differ. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. And it begs you to differ. You beg to differ? Yes. Or it begs the point. Uh, sorry. Uh, what happened? Why the change? Because this was a pretty drastic change here from the usual direct. You know, I'm interested to see what happens next week. Uh, if this was like a, a blind squirrel finding a nut type thing, mm-hmm. or if this is something like there is a change in philosophy. Uh, to be honest with you, it felt more Bruce Pritchard to me. Uh huh. Okay. So maybe maybe it is. And maybe maybe that maybe uh, the uh, the tweets from the fans uh, and the and the seeming rise of AEW. And the, the uh, publicity that New Japan is getting is uh, getting Vinny's attention. Well, reports are they're definitely well aware of it, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it is getting their attention. But um, you know, it, it's it's weird that it can be a switch like this. Uh, I do think there may be some uh, trolling going on here. Uh, some of the complaints that the fans have vocalized are uh, the Good Brothers not being on TV, and here they are on TV, uh, steering into the complaints that uh, this is why they haven't been on TV because they can place in and stuff like that. Uh, EC3 and Eric Young not being used at all. Uh, well, they're being used even though it's uh, here they are. They're being used just to get hit by a chair by Rollins. Yeah, but you know, I'll tell you, this is the same stuff they did back at the end of last year in November. And, you know, basically, uh, like you said, trolling the fans, okay? And, uh, you know, if uh, it only works if they mean what they're doing, okay? We want to see permanent change here. We want to see action. We want to see, at least pretend it is a sporting event, okay? You know, yes, the fourth wall is broken down. Yes, we all know that. But you can still at least pretend that they're fighting for something. Well, let's go ahead and move on to SmackDown. And uh, I didn't think SmackDown was as good as Raw. Uh, I think may- maybe it was better than it usually is, but I think that may just be the high I was running off of a Raw. Because uh, I-, I didn't think it was that different than what they've been running lately. Um, still way too many wild cards. Uh, some of the positives from my point of view, uh, I like Seth continuing his chair rampage on the B-team and others who uh, 
are possibly going to be the 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 Baron Corbin's uh, referee. Uh, Baron Corbin, who was apparently there, even though I don't remember seeing him on camera, he had a locker room where he was interviewing people. Yes. For yes. the thing, and uh, at one point Matt Hardy comes out and sees Sheldon Benjamin there and goes, "Oh, Senor Benjamin," which mm-hmm. is a callback to uh, his his groundskeeper from the the uh, Broken Universe in TNA. Yes. Yeah. And then um, so some of the other things. Uh, the Miz's promo, he came out to cut a promo on Shane McMahon, interrupting uh, them calling out Roman Reigns, who, even though he's a SmackDown superstar, was on Raw but not on SmackDown. This yeah, week. really. Go figure. Charlotte was also not on SmackDown this week, too. She hasn't been on SmackDown in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, which I thought his promo was great. It was kind of straight to the point. It's kind of something that we were all feeling. Uh, Shane McMahon using this bullshit wildcard rule to monopolize the roster and give himself more airtime than anybody else. He, he pretty much called him out, and that's a, a complaint that I've been hearing uh, online as well. And yes, also, yes. and you and me have been saying that. Um, and then uh, there was some good storytelling here, but it just wasn't up to the same par as Raw. Uh, the New Day started the show. They're interrupted by Ziggler. Uh, then Ziggler had a match against Woods where Owens and Zayn interfered. Uh, they beat up the other New Day members on the outside, then they all got banned, and then Ziggler beat the crap out of Woods. He had a moment of bliss, which I thought was one of the better moments of bliss, where uh, that broke down into Bailey and uh, getting beat up by Nikki Cross and uh, Alexa. Nikki Cross is kind of just stuck in the middle there. Uh, I thought what was a pretty good segment, in my opinion, was uh, Apollo Crews confronting um, Zelina Vega in the back about where's Andrade because he wants a match with him, and then Andrade beating him up in the back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chad Gable's just taking notes. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that there. <laughs> which I like how he's popping up and taking notes. Uh, that's interesting. Then you have the B-team versus Heavy Machinery, which was a good match leading into the Heavy Machinery tag title match this weekend. Uh, Rollins continues his chair assault. Uh, R-Truth and the uh, the Miz end up being uh, in, a, in an elimination tag team match against Elias and uh, McIntyre, where uh, Truth is also worried about his 24-7 title. He ends up losing that to Drake Maverick later in the night, which we already talked about. And then uh, you have the little thing with Ember Moon, Sonya, and Mandy backstage, where Ember is looking for Sonya and Mandy who are eating donuts in the corner, talking about how great they look, even though they're still eating donuts. And uh, what Simon Miller, I want culture pointed out to me, and it, it, I didn't really catch it until he said it, was Ember Moon is looking in that direction, says to Carmella, have you seen Sonia and Mandy? Ember sa- or, uh, Carmella says no. Then she takes like 10 steps, and there's Sonia and Mandy. She takes 10 steps forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, put them around yeah. the corner. Well, that would probably be a good thing. Or break that up before the commercial break. Hey, have you seen Sonya and Mandy? Come back from a commercial break. She finds Sonya and Mandy. That even if no, even yeah. the location changes, the, the, the lapse in time uh, creates the illusion that she actually had to look for them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and then the, the Rollins and Kingston versus Owens and Zayn match was a two out of three falls match at the end. I think we've seen that match before. It just wasn't two out of three falls. Uh, what do you think of SmackDown? 
I thought it was a pretty good show. It wasn't quite as good as Raw, but I thought I thought they did a lot there. I don't like having the Firefly Funhouse on both shows. Okay, Raw or SmackDown, take your pick. Okay, especially if you're still pretending to have something somewhat of a of a brand split. Would you uh, would you count uh, Bray Wyatt then as a wild card for each t- for each uh, show? That's a good question, but we don't know what show he's on. Yeah. Um. The other thing is, is like if you're gonna have it on both shows, it has to be different on both shows. That would be a good thing. And uh, you know, I thought that the Miz stole stole the show with his uh, with his uh, with his promo there, which was fantastic. You know, he can cut a hell of a promo. That one was even better than. Uh, and Dolph Ziegler's promo, and he can cut a good promo. You know, he play, he plays the jealous, maniacal bad guy as well as anybody. Okay, he does cut a good promo. The the only issue I have is that it's repetitive. Like he's been cutting the same promo, almost exactly the same promo for three, four weeks now. Yeah, with almost but, very very little variation, and so it just gets repetitive, and that's one of the problems people have leading into this match and this feud. Mhm. Yeah, I can see that, but he, you know, it's just you know, you take a look in those eyes, and you know, it's just a, uh, you know, it it does the job, okay? Uh, you know, uh, they they were good. The matches meant something, okay? Uh, wasn't quite as riveting as Raw, but still a massive improvement, okay? Once again, you can tell that. You know, Vinny didn't have uh, as much to do with this one because it didn't have the stu- it didn't have as much of the stupid shit in there. It had to, it had stuff that was compelling. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, some of the things I didn't like from uh, this week, and it mostly revolves around SmackDown, and it's because it's the same thing we saw in Raw, and that's one of the issues that we're having with SmackDown is. Since they started this wild card, a lot of it seems like a replay of Raw in a lot of ways. Um, you had an uh, unnecessary two out of three falls match on both shows. One was uh, the six-man tag with Kevin and Sammy versus The New Day. And the other was Rollins and uh, Kingston versus Kevin and Sammy. Both where Kevin and Sammy lost were on the losing sides and two straight falls. Right. And that Barry Zane. That buries Zane. Zane is king buried. Whenever, like, uh, since he's been back, he, they're constantly putting him in matches with either Rollins or Kofi, and to keep them strong, he keeps taking the losses. Yeah. And yeah. he's somebody. He's somebody who can lose as a heel and not affect him too much until you sit back and you're like, man, he loses twice a week, every single week. Yeah. 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 He becomes very generic. Put somebody else in there. Mm-hmm. But anyway. And then, uh, and then you also had the elimination match. Um, uh, the elimination, you had elimination match on Raw, which was great. The elimination number one contenders match. But then on SmackDown, you have an, you make the tag team, the impromptu tag team match with Miz and R-Truth versus Elias and McIntyre in elimination when that wasn't necessary. Well, the reason they did that was to make it seem like, no, we're not giving you a handicap match and still giving him a handicap match. But they didn't have to do that, though, because all you have to do is have R-Truth as his partner. You you don't suspend the 24-7 rules. Then while R-Truth is on the apron, you have people come out and chase him away. And then it's a handicap match. 
and our truth ran through the crowd because he's protecting his title. Uh huh. That would work. But you know, instead you have uh, you have or or you have you know our truth as the the legal guy in the ring run away, and then it's a count out, and then you have the Miz be double teamed to beat up, or you don't have the Miz take the actual loss because he keeps losing to Shane and uh, and Corbin and McIntyre every week. Yeah, this uh, this uh, brings a question. Okay, what is the end game for the Shane push? You know exactly what the end game is. The rumor is that he's going to be Kofi Kingston for the world title. I think that's a mistake. I don't like think... we were talking about David Arquette earlier. It's pretty much yeah. the same thing that yes. pulled WWE away or WCW away. Yes, and you know that would be a terrible mistake. Okay, uh, you know, well, well, I don't mind. Uh, uh, Shane getting a getting a decent villain, a decent heel push. He should not be a champion. He is not suppo- he, He's not supposed to be a main champion. Okay, uh, he's a he's a McMahon. He's part. He, the family owns owns the business. It looks really bad when you make the fa- make a member of the family a champion. You're not wrong, but here's the thing with that as well, is why I also don't think Shane should be a champion. I don't think he's a good wrestler. But if you just look at this in a logical perspective, since the beginning of the year, he won the tag team titles with The Miz. The Miz got the uh, lost the tag team titles. He was the one who got pinned. The Miz was the reason he lost the rematch. He then beats The Miz on three separate occasions, and he beats Roman Reigns. Yeah. So if this was any other wrestler with that resume... You'd say he should be in line for a world title match or or a title match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you. He should not get a title match. But I think what they're building with Shane, okay, you're going to see a SummerSlam match, which is going to have uh, uh, McIntyre and uh, McMahon against uh, Shane against uh, the Miz and uh, Roman. McIntyre and McMahon against Shane, the Miz, and Roman. Yeah. Are you talking about Vince McMahon or Stephanie McMahon? <laughs> you know what I meant. Okay. To be honest with you, I think what what I'd like to see is I'd like to see Stephanie or, or Hunter step back on screen and kind of be adversarial to Shane. Like Shane's uh, abusing his power. I'd like to see one of them step up and kind of balance the scale a little bit and work some kind of feud there. I think it would have to be Hunter. No, actually, Stephanie would be a good counterbalance, and then have Hunter come in and uh, do her, do her physical work. Yeah, and, and you know, because I personally, I like authority figures. I think wrestling is its best when it has two authority figures fighting for power. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to stomping ground. Um, okay. Like I said, here's, here's another question there for uh, stomping ground. Who's going to be the special guest referee? How about we talk about that when we talk about the match? Okay. And does that work for you? Let's go I through guess. this like, like we normally do, and when we get to that match, we'll talk about that match. Okay. Sounds good to me. So, like I was saying, though, Stomping Ground's a show that uh, I wasn't really invested in. If we weren't doing a podcast, I probably wouldn't have watched it until this past Monday, where it kind of got me invested in it. Um, let's start with uh, the Cruiserweight match, which I'm going to assume is probably on the pre-show. It's Tony Nese defending against Drew, Drew Gulak and Akira Tozawa in a, uh, a triple threat match. Um, I think Nice is probably going to keep it. 
Yeah, I, I would go with that. Uh, nice, nice keeps keeps it. Uh, Pinskulak. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna uh, let Tazawa do the job necessarily. Well, um, I, I think with the cruiserweight title, they tend to have uh, lengthy reigns. Mm-hmm. Like at least like three or four months each. Yeah, that's because nobody's watching it. Um, so let's move on to a car uh, a match that wasn't really advertised. And this is something that's subject to change. The card is subject to change, and rumor is that uh, WWE is talking about making big changes to this card. And this is something that wasn't really advertised, but it was on the website. I guess it was a, a match added after uh, Tuesday SmackDown. Big E and Xavier Woods were versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, I, I would say Big E and Woods would win this, but I feel like Sami and Owens have to win this. Especially yeah. since Kofi's going to probably win later. Yeah, p- quite possibly. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, with uh, Big E and uh, I'm going to go with uh, Big E and Xavier Woods uh, because uh, you know just because they'll get their final revenge here. Yeah, maybe, but I mean I don't know. I think Zayn and Owens need the win and. I, I, I'm not saying it won't be underhanded or sneaky, but I think they will. If Zane and Owens gets the get the win, they will be pinning uh, Woods, and I would predict then that Big E would go nuts and uh, and take out Woods. I don't think that's going to happen yet because um, I I think they'd be crazy to not save a Big E turn for against Kofi. To take the title. He may be the next person to take the title. Or take a title shot after Ziggler here. But I think it has to be something where they're, you know, classic. They're celebrating in the ring. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Drop him on his ass, Batista. Yeah. You know, one of those. Because that's something that we're all looking forward to. That's the most drama. Uh, him Him beating up Woods before the... The world title match later, it kind of like cut your nose off to spite your face. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But you know, I would, I, I would love to see uh, Big E get the title. You know, the guy, the guy's a good performer and he deserves it. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to our, our next match, and it's the SmackDown Tag Team Title Match. I believe it's the only tag team titles being defended on this show, and that's Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan defending against Heavy Machinery. Uh, I, I don't see them jobbing out Brian and Rowan yet, so I think they'll probably keep the title. I think it'll yeah, be a pretty yeah. good match. Oh, I think it'll be an excellent match. Okay, uh, you can't have them overpower heavy machinery. Okay, it's going to be something underhanded that's going to cause uh, that's going to cause uh, uh, Brian and Rowan to maintain, to hold the titles, maybe by DQ or something or. You know, or your usual cheap shot. <coughs> but yeah, I don't see him getting jobbed. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to a match that I didn't think I was going to be looking forward to, but they sold me on it on Monday night. Samoa Joe versus Ricochet for the U.S. title. Uh, I'm going to say Ricochet wins it. Mm-hmm. Well, just to be different, I'm going to say Samoa Joe retains. Catches Ricochet coming flying off of the uh, ropes and catches him in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, oh 
what's his finishing move's name? Uh, the uh, Kona. The ES lock. No. Shark Don't Fury. start with me. Don't Scorpion start. Death Lock. No, no, no. Crippler Crossface. No, 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 no. Here is Fuja Clutch. No. No, he'll just, uh, you know, he'll catch him in that chokehold. Uh, the Kona, cr- the, uh, what is it, the Kona Crush? Kona Crush was a wrestler. Oh. Okay, well, whatever. Anyway, uh, though, I don't think he's going to get get him in the um, Kohina Clutch. Kohina Clutch, yeah. But I, I think that they're going to put Ricochet in the same spot they're trying to build for Rey Mysterio until he got hurt and uh, give him the belt. It's it's a good possibility, okay. Uh, but I think you know I think this time uh, Samoa Joe's going to go over. Okay. Our next one is Reigns and McIntyre. Okay, who do you think is going to take that one? This is a hard one too because I feel like if you if you have McIntyre lose, it kind of feels like you're burying McIntyre, especially since Roman Reigns won the last one. But Roman Reigns just lost to Shane McMahon, so you can't have him lose to McIntyre too, can you? Uh, no, you can't. What What's going to happen there, I think, and this is going to set up SummerSlam, uh, might set up Extreme Rules too. Uh, Shane McMahon is going to uh, is going to get some cheap shots in on uh, on uh, Roman, and down will come the Miz. Uh, to uh, to take out Shane McMahon, and that will uh, build towards a uh, probably a pro- quite possibly a no contest, and we'll uh, end up uh, coming up to the uh, tag team I talked about at SummerSlam. All right, uh, our next match is the first of the women's title matches, and this is a SmackDown women's title, and it's Bailey the SmackDown champion defending against Raw superstar Alexa Bliss. And I think just based on that premise alone, Bailey has to win the match. Am I wrong? What are your opinions? I would think that you are right, but they like to give, they, they like to put Alexa over. So I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss winning that match, probably with a little bit of interference from Nikki Cross, and then she's going to turn on Cross. Why would you turn on somebody who just helped you win the title? Because that's uh, Bailey. That that's that's Alexa there. Do you, do you write it for WWE with these continuity issues? I'm starting to think that you might be writing some of these shows. No, but that that's that would be Alexa's motive. She's clearly using uh, Nikki, and once she has no more use for her, she takes she she gets rid of her. I don't think she'd have no use for her. I think she'd have uh, use for her to keep her around to help her hold on to the title. To go get her coffee? No, but you know, somebody to create disqualifications or distractions. Anyway. Okay, our next one is going to be Becky and Lacey for the Raw Women's title. And I like this one. Uh, You know, uh, Lacey is a fantastic athlete. Okay, great, great character there, and it does play a little bit on uh, on on real life where they tell you that yes, she was a marine, and of course uh, Becky is still the man, and she's a tough Irish lady. It's going to be a good one. I think uh, Becky is going to retain this one. I don't think it's time for Lacey to take the title yet. Um. One, I don't like the fact that they uh, point out that she's a marine as a heel because. You don't want to boo a Marine. No, you don't. 
if she was a face, then yeah, point out that she's a Marine. But, um, you know, they did it with Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, but he was a he, he was a face first, wasn't he? No, he was a heel first. Well, either way, it was a different time, too. Uh-huh. Um, I think Becky's probably going to win, but there's rumors that it might be a better move to have Lacey win uh, to help build her as a heel, get her over as a heel, and then set up a rematch uh, where some kind of chicken shit win here. Okay. You think Charlotte might interfere? Maybe. That could be why we don't see Charlotte that much, but, I mean... Charlotte would have no stake in who wins, all right? Well, yeah, this is true because she's fighting with both of them. Okay, our next one, this should be a really good, uh, this should be a really good match here, is Kingston versus Ziegler in a steel cage. These two, these two can fly all over the place. They put on a wonderful show in the ring. Okay, both of them are top athletes. Okay, I think they're going to have uh, I think they're going to have uh, Kingston retain on this, uh, not necessarily pinning Ziegler, but maybe getting out over the cage. What say you? Yeah, maybe I think uh, Kofi's probably going to win. That's part of the reason why I don't think the other New Day members are going to win. Um, it's just not a match I'm excited about. I think like you know having it having. Both these last two matches, the fact that they're both rematches from two weeks ago on the last pay-per-view, uh, takes away from me a little bit, especially this one. Um, I think Kingston will probably win, though, right? I think so. It would it would be more exciting if Ziegler had gotten to win by count-out or, uh, or, or, or DQ or something like that. Then there would be a bigger reason to come back for the steel cage. Same thing with the uh, Corbin-Rollins match, which is next on our list. With uh, with the special guest referee, if uh, Corbin would have uh, won by DQ or something, or Roll or or, uh, or something like that, then you come back and you uh, have the uh, match with the special. I, guest I think referee. the yeah the biggest issue is with both these matches, and we'll get more into the Rollins Corbin one in a second. But the biggest issue is is you have these rematches that aren't justified. Um, the the challenger lost clean. Yes. So how do how do you justify them getting a rematch if the champion lost clean? You can at least justify. Well, he has a, he gets a shot to win his belt back, mm-hmm. um, and, and that'd be fine. Because uh, back when the McMahon said no more automatic rematches, the the thing the people hated about automatic rematches wasn't the champion getting a rematch after they lost the belt. It was challengers like Shinsuke Nakamura getting four or five matches. And not winning any of them. Yeah. And looking more title shots for no reason. Uh, this right here is the issue. Uh, have, have a smallest finish. Have a count out. Have a disqualification. And then, you know, then you have your rematch uh, here. Or, you know, if the champion's lost, then you can have your rematch here. You know, I wouldn't mind saying two-time WWE champion Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Or, you know, once again, if, if, it's, a, if it's a count out or DQ, something like that. Then you put him in a cage. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on to what I'm going to assume is our main event, and it's Rollins versus Corbin for the Universal title with a special guest referee. And that special guest referee is Elias. No way. EC3. No way. The B team. No way. No. We don't know who it is. This is something new. I like it. It adds a new flavor to this. Uh, usually we know who the special referee is for a match like this before they get to the actual match. 
But now we're left wondering who it's going to be. A uh, heavy rumor is that it could be Brock Lesnar, which uh, I that don't know. That would be really I, interesting. Would, it would be interesting, but I don't know if it would make sense because uh, who would he want to win? Can he can he cash in his briefcase and count his count his own pinfall? He could count his own pinfall. No. Why not? He'd be a referee. Yeah, but you you can't count your own pinfall so so much. At least I don't think so. But then again, I'm not writing this shit. Uh, but yeah, you know, whoever wins is still going to be beaten down, and that would be a perfect time for Brock to uh, cash in. You have another refer- referee standing by. Uh, you know, it would be really interesting if for some reason Corbin wins and then all of a sudden he has to face Lesnar. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. That'd be the way I like it the most. Um, and then he loses right away to Lesnar. Yeah. Um, well, it, who do you think is going to be the referee? I know you said Becky Lynch earlier, but I, no, was that joking? This, this, no, it wasn't. This was an idea uh, that, was, uh, that uh, Bully Ray said on Busted Open the other day. Okay, maybe they will have uh, Becky's match earlier in the card, early in the card, and then after she wins, you get uh, Corbin along with maybe Stephanie going up to her and saying, "Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna have you be the special guest referee for the main event there." Okay, but you have to call it right, or else you will get stripped of the title. Okay, so now. She's in a bind, okay? Because, of course, Seth Rollins is her boyfriend. And she can either uh, call it and make sure that uh, Seth wins, yes, or she can call it down the middle, or even go towards uh, Lesnar to save her, or even go towards Corbin to save her title. It puts this her in a bind. That doesn't make little. sense. This is why that doesn't make sense. Because Rollins is the face. Yes. And uh, Corbin is the heel. Right. So, if all things are equal, like they were at Super Showdown, Rollins wins the match, right? It would be. He he would win the match because he is the face, he's the better wrestler, he already won straight up. So, there's no incentive for Becky to screw over Corbin. And she can just call it straight down the middle, and there should there'd be no issue with it. She the only incentive, well, she the only incentive would be if it, if it was something where um, Becky, if this was Lita and Edge back when they were both wrestlers, and Lita and they were both heels, mm-hmm. and Edge could only beat John Cena if things were skewed in his favor. That'd be one thing. But you know it doesn't make sense. There, there's there's no there's no threat of her really screwing over anybody because she doesn't need to. You see, what you, what happens is uh, Becky will get distracted by somebody, maybe Paul Heyman or somebody like that. Okay, or maybe Stephanie McMahon will come down and distract her, and uh, Baron Corbin does something underhanded. Becky doesn't see it. Uh, Seth is down. Corbin is covering covering him. And she has no choice but to count the one, two, three. Is that your pick? You think Becky's going to be the special guest referee? It wouldn't surprise me, but I, I, I don't know if that's if that's going to be the pick. Okay, I can see how it would be. 
I would think that if anything, it'd be more likely to be Charlotte as a way to screw with Becky. Like, I can't get to you, so I'm going to cost Seth the title. And then Becky comes out and leads to a disqualification when she beats up Charlotte or something like that. I can see something like that. But to be honest with you, I don't know who the referee is going to be. Brock Lesnar would be an interesting choice. Um, I I think... uh, Shane McMahon's another popular one because he's the he's Shane McMahon and he has to be in, involved somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. He has he has to be involved. <laughs> it could be it could be somebody who's called up from NXT. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a conquist. What would be a good idea? I just thought of this. It's a conquistador and the gold mask and everything and a referee shirt, and he thinks it's a. Uh, uh, Baron Corbin thinks it's uh, Kevin Owens or somebody in a conquistador mask. And by hiding their identity, it stops Seth from taking them out before the match. And Baron ends up losing the match, and it turns out to be Kurt Angle. Now, wasn't that done already? Kurt Angle did was a conquistador <laughs> in a battle royal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that would be but, pretty yeah. interesting. And that, that would be a callback to that. And that would yeah. be... That's my guess. It's Kurt Angle. That would, yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Okay, I can make strong arguments here for either, for any for any of those things to happen. Okay, there's good reason for all three. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, for no other reason, the special referee is probably the biggest reason I'm looking forward to this show. Mhm. And looking forward, I use loosely. Uh, let us know what you think of this show if you're listening to us out there. You can tweet us at Big Steve and Jacks one or Wrestling HS three sixteen. Let us know if there's anything special you want to tell us for next week's show or our one year anniversary. Again, that's uh, Wrestling Hi- Wrestling HS three sixteen or Big Steve and Jacks one. You can also comment on our iTunes page or SoundCloud page. Um, you know, do you have any final thoughts, Dad? Well, it should be an intriguing card. I was not looking forward to this until until this week's shows. I do have to hand it to uh, to WWE. They made they, they uh, made the uh, go home shows good enough to make me look forward to the uh, pay per view. Yeah, I, uh, I I agree with you, and uh, it's really just really. I, the special guest referee is what really has me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's disappointing, the whole show is going to be disappointing. Uh, the other thing is, uh, I know a lot of times when we go into these shows and we're talking about how we're not looking forward to it because there's nothing that grabs us, a lot of times those are the best shows. Yeah. Now, remember, the, the, the last show the, or the last, car, the last match usually gives you the final color for the whole show. If the last match is good... Then you're going to have a the whole show is going to have a good taste in your mouth. If the last well, it's card, too if, white, guys, does that mean the color for the show is white? No, but it, it will uh, it will it will give you a satisfied feeling. If the uh, last match is a clunker, then it brings down the entire card. That's why the main event is so important. Yeah, and um, I, it I doesn't guess ma- do it, it doesn't matter how your undercard is. Yeah, and I guess that'll do it for us this week. And remember, as always, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs>